We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Boston. An Odyssey station. Time now for the Bradfoe Show with Rob Bradford. With Rob Bradford on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. I'm so freaking pumped up. Let's go, Jackson. It's good to see you in person, my friend. You too, my friend. All right. You do, you dominated the morning show. That's Jackson behind the glass. I'm Rob Bradford along with Coop. Coop What's makes up? his return to, to the to the airwaves. To the airwaves. Happy to be back. Yeah, look at you. You are the Commissioner Coop. Commissioner Coop. How's that going? So you're the commissioner of the Bradford Show Fantasy Football League? So far so good. Pap is blowing up my phone. You have you have not cleared the final hurdle. Draft day. No. I'm scared for no, that. No, 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 no. Draft day is going to be easy. No, it's not. No. Well, Compared to what you're going to say. You know say? what the final hurdle is? Creating the punishment. The buy-in. Oh, my God. The, how much money do you pay to be in the Bradford Show Fancy Football League? Jonathan Papelbon wants the entry fee to be a million dollars. I want it to be a uh, dollar. If you were never part of a collective bargaining agreement, you shouldn't have to pay to I feel it. like there's a creative way to do that. 617-779-7937. All right. This is a Bradford Show. Baseball, my friends. Baseball. Fitzy Hart did a great job of breaking down all things chaotic when it comes to Tom Brady with the Patriots. But listen, let's be honest. The, the whole week, this is this is all we hear. Patriots, Brady, Brady, Patriots, uh, collar, bone injuries, so forth and so on. The great game of baseball needs to be addressed, and there's plenty to pick through when it comes to this. Obviously, the Boston Red Sox in these parts are the most important part of the conversation, but there is so much more. This is uh, going to be a show that really talks baseball all the way up till 7 o'clock, Coop, but, you know, it might be a... <laughs> <laughs> a little pitter-patter of rain. Oh, man. So today is a special day. Today is a special day, Coop. It is a day where the Red Sox travel to Williamsport and mingle with the, the, the youth, the baseball players of tomorrow, all of that. And uh, they have the big game. But the problem is there's a fly in the ointment. We've already seen the videos of the players sliding down the hill and now is Cora giving out the ice cream sandwiches or whatever it is. Growing but the game of baseball. Growing the game of baseball. I mean, this is – you know, you're a political guy. Grassroots. Grassroots pass, campaign. you got to get the people out there. Pass you got to engage. Right, pass out the ice cream sandwiches. Exactly. Kiss some babies. Brett Phillips told me this, and you tell me if it's right or wrong, and it's all part of the big book project coming out in March. But Brett Phillips said he could grow the game by 50% with this sole thing, which is – tell Every <laughs> – ice cream sandwiches. Oh. Every player – spends at least 10 minutes a day signing autographs because autographs means that much to kids. Is that true? No. 
Oh, man. Wow. I so got like, fired. I mean, growing up, I, I did like a baseball camp. Shout out. Shout out. He's actually, you talked about, we're going to be talking about it later. Our, yeah. Our so, uh, Little League so, coaches yeah. he used to run a great program and he would give out autographs at the end of each camp. And like the better that you did, like the more like, you know, team oriented you were. You would give autographs. Yeah. You would get bigger autographs. So like I was an autograph guy. I still am. But at some point, like once you get older, it's kind of like, oh, it's just. But, that, but at the time, you're missing the point. At the time, when you get that first autograph. You always remember your first autograph. I mean, no. you remember when I gave you that autograph, Coop? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 2009, it was April, beginning of a brand new season. After 2008, we thought the Red Sox were going to make Who was your five. first autograph? Hey, autograph guy, can you be a radio guy and talk into the mic? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, what, Do you want me to is, gobble it? About? No, you got to talk in the front of it. I got, the, I got my lips right I mean, on he it. he literally is on top I, of it. No, you got to get in the front. You got to talk through the front of it, not the top of it. Now, through the front? To the yeah. front. You mean the side of it? To the front, oh, yeah, there to you the go. Front, there you go. To geez. the back. Now you sound Barry White. You like that? Yeah, All, right. Like All right. There you go. Well, wow. wow. You can't waste this. Shot, shot fired by, by But that's why by he's Jackson. the best. Okay. He's watching out Who is your first? Before we listen, we got a lot to get to. Who was your first autograph? In person, I think it might have been Carl Uscrep. You always remember it. Yeah. You always remember it. Well, like it, the circumstance was I was at Fenway and I was getting to take like batting practice. So, like, well, still, for, you always remember The fact that you remembered it, there you go. All right. 617-779-7937. This is a Bradford show. I'm Rob Bradford. That's Coop. It's Jackson behind the glass. We're going to be taking you basically all the way up until game time because I'm going to be doing the pregame show as well. But the Bradford show, uh, the traditional Bradford show, will be with you till 6. So this is what we got going on, Coop. The Red Sox are down at Williamsport. It's pouring out. It is pouring out down there. Now, we don't know if they're going to get in the game. That story is yet to be told. But leading into that, we have the videos of Alex Verdugo going down the hill. We have Alex Cora, as we said, handing out the ice cream sandwiches. We have the great game of baseball down at Williamsport with all the little leaguers. That's great. So we're going to ease into that. The first thing we want to do is to talk about the here and the now with the Red Sox. And the here and the now with the Red Sox, to me, what the probably the most interesting thing, not only the here and the now, but maybe what as we're morphing into next year, is a guy named Christian Arroyo. So at 320, we're going to be talking to a guy, guy who runs Perfect Game Scouting Department, who basically has grown up put with Christian Arroyo. Arroyo. He knows Christian Arroyo. In case people don't know about Christian Arroyo, he is a guy who was a first-round pick, and he is a fascinating situation because he has this talent. He had this, this upbringing of being one of the best players in the country, and then he got hurt. He didn't get his chances. He got hurt. He didn't get his chances. And boom, here he is. How can you take him off the field? So I said, we got to get someone on to talk about this guy, about identify exactly how good this guy is. So we're going to have Jared Goodwin come on at 320 to talk about that. There's a lot to get to with this Red Sox team. And then, of course, what everybody hang, is hanging their hat on, when it comes to this Red Sox team, Coop, and I see it on Twitter, like even at the darkest days of the Major League team, Tristan Cassis is really good. Miguel Blaze is really good. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Marcelo Meyer hit another home run. All right. Okay. Great. Great. We'll talk about the future of the Red Sox. If you want to talk about the future of the Red Sox. I want to talk about the future of the Red Sox. Well, you're in luck because there is no one better than Chris Hatfield of Sox Prospects. He's going to be joining us at 4, and I implore you, get your calls ready. Get your questions ready for Chris because he can go through this system like nobody's business. Sure, we can do it. Coop, we can do it. We can do our best. We can do our best, but he's going to take it next level. So that's at 4 o'clock. 
that'll be the Red Sox minor league hour. I, I guess we're going to call it. The Red we, Sox minor league hour? Sure. All right. But most, uh, not most decided, but, but to, to cap things off, to punctuate what is going to be an outstanding show of the great game of baseball, at 5 o'clock, as I proclaimed on Twitter, we're going to do something for one hour of 365 days. I don't know how many hours in a year. How many hours? I can't do that. Man. All right. Well, I'm, I'm a, I went to school for political science. That should be evident that I can't do anything okay. useful in life. All right. Well, however many Such hours there are in a year, you have one hour to talk about Little League Baseball. This is going to be the hour, and I want people. Well, what do you got? What eight, do you, eight thousand uh, seven hundred and sixty hours in a year. That's right. Okay. It was on the tip eight, of my tongue. Eight thousand seven hundred and sixty hours. Thank you, Jackson. Of and of eight eight thousand seven hundred fifty nine hours, nobody on the radio is talking about little league baseball. But because the Red Sox are playing down there, and because I think it's it's a semi important conversation, I'm not even kidding that we talk about baseball. Why aren't people more people talking about baseball? Where is baseball going? And it all starts with little league. So we are opening up the phone lines at five o'clock to coaches. I don't kids, parents. Anybody weirdos that watch on the sidelines well, doesn't have a kid e- e- on the team. E- 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 that, that sounded <laughs> that, strange. No, this, this is weird. this is a sting operation. That sounded yeah. That sounded really strange. But uh, anybody and and Coop put it tweeted this out about your favorite little league bat. Sure, the go to. You're not. You're not. Well, you probably what had two bats to choose from. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I had a plethora. That's an insult. I have so many bats. To yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, there's Eastons in there. East, there's no, Eastons. you have Stelts, you have Combats, you have Hooligans, you have okay. different types all of right. Well, when all these people call in to talk about Little League, they can start their phone you call. Louisville Sluggers. They can, they can define which bats they want. But I do think, having gone through, Coop, you know that uh, the, everyone knows it by now, the wildly popular Big Book Project that's coming out in March, where I'm co-authoring with Joe Kelly, um, talk talk about the great game of baseball. Some good interviews in there. Uh, yes, there yeah. there certainly a is. Yes, yes, uh, and it's is our damn near perfect game. Can I say damn on the air? I just did our damn near perfect game, reclaiming America's pastime. And having gone through this, and I'm not even kidding around about this, is that having gone through it, it made me think a lot about stuff. I almost swore stuff like this. Stuff like that we're talking about with like Little League and where the game's going and what's wrong with it and and the pressures and and pe- I want people to call up to tell me not only like all oh, the this is my Little League story this was great about Little League it's fine but I want them to tell me what's wrong with it what's wrong with it? and you you coach youth sports I coach, I, I coach the youths you exactly you're wearing a youth shirt right I now. am youth men's youth men. <laughs> There you go. Somewhere in between. Is, I mean, my uh, small eighth grade boy frame. Is it, I, is a nice where you'd have crop top coming in the show. So anyway, at five o'clock, I want people. This is your opportunity. As we said, one hour every year, and leading into obviously the big Williamsport game. Assuming the weather holds up, this is the chance to do it. Hey, listen. I don't know if we're going to get any calls, but this is the chance. I want to present this positive mental attitude. We're going to get. Well, calls. no, no, it's fine. But I want to present this to people because if. T- I'll just behind the scenes, like you know this, 
if you get a calls and it says want to talk about Little League any other time of the year, they're probably you're not getting on. Yeah, you're not getting on. Yeah. But if you call in at five o'clock between five and six, said I want to talk about Little League, you're going straight to the front of the line. Though you know what, Middleborough made some noise for us this year. Okay, that could have been an opportunity. We actually did have someone call in and say, "Can we get some congrats?" So I will say that. Well, that's much. still usually like, okay, sure, fine. Let's talk yeah, about exactly. Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yeah. All right, that's that's in the five to six hour. Like you said, we're talking Red Sox right now. We're talking. We're getting ready for the preeminent person when it comes to Christian Arroyo, defining Christian Arroyo, because I do think, I do think we have Christian Arroyo has been so good that at this point we have to start talking about where he fits in next Ooh, year. I right? like that conversation. All right, be- be- because we have Jack Good- um, I'm sorry, Jared Goodwin, a perfect game coming on at 320. Let's get to the calls right before we go to the break. And of course, we're going to lead off with our guy. Let's go. Let's go. Jeff in Watertown. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, Bradford. Hey, Coop. Hey, how you guys doing? Great. Um, Terrific. You know, you know I'm, I'm picking up on what you were talking about a minute ago. You know, I'm, what I've been thinking about the last week is what a, what a great position for a GM we're in right now with the Red Sox. You got three of the top 40 players uh, in your minor league plus other, you know, assets in the minor leagues. You've got all this space now coming up next year. What, it's about 97 guaranteed for next year, whatever it is, 97 million. So you have all this space. I mean, this is the perfect position, I would think, as a GM. And my problem is what we've been talking about for weeks now is I don't trust High and Bloom with, with the, the position we're in. I still feel like he's going to try to be clever and nickel and dime us and, and you know, Reese McGuire us. And not that there's anything wrong with Reese McGuire, but, but you know, it's those kind of players. Like, and it's just, it's just frustrating to me because I feel like we're – I mean, I almost feel like – I know you, you would never fire High and Bloom now, but I almost feel like – like what a great spot to be in to bring a GM and just like have all this, you know, have these assets and to have this money and this space and to build a team. And I just, I, I just don't feel like I am bloom. I don't, I don't feel like he has that kind of, I don't know, passion or, or urgency or anything that he's going to take advantage. I feel like he's still going to well, nickel and dime. Well, so. Jeff, and, and it's all good points. And Jeff, we get to run. So please call back uh, tomorrow. Okay. Or any other day, because we get, a, I'm sorry, we're up against the clock a little bit, but I will just say this Heim Bloom. We can talk about it later, but you know, he hasn't gotten the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. So when we say, talk about all this money they have to spend and all these prospects and everything else, it's sort of, you got to prove it. You have to prove it. All right. We got to go to uh, Jonathan in Brookline. What's going on, Jonathan? Hi, guys. I love the show. So I don't think it's being talked enough. What happens when Story comes back? It's a great... to me, Roy has been a better player. Yep. Like, even when Story's hot, like you look at it, when Story was hot, he was hitting two twenty five in the month of May. But Arroyo, he's hot right now. He's hitting three ninety seven, And for the most part, from in April and June and July, when Story wasn't hot compared to when Arroyo wasn't hot, it, the d- numbers are completely different. Like, Arroyo has been a better player when he's not hot, and right now he's hot, and it doesn't compare to when Story was hot. So what happens? How do you get him at-bats when Story comes back? It's a good question, Jonathan. Thanks for the call. And this is why I want to talk about Christian Arroyo. I think it's a really interesting conversation. You know, I said, Coop, uh, right before when it was rumored with Story, I'm sort of like, you know, whoa, what's wrong with giving Christian Arroyo a chance? And then, you know, Story got hot, and, and we understand the player. I think he's a good player. But the problem is, is that you're, you're sort of, you already had that guy. And I do think that a big part of this acquisition with Trevor Story was the leverage you had with Xander Bogarts. But, Coop, but, that. 
I don't think you know. I don't think that he. I think that Christian Arroyo has a better chance of playing shortstop than Trevor Story does next year. I would agree with that. Also, just I mean, like the injury thing alone, I think would just like boost that. Just the for, bump well, for who? For, for I mean, for Arroyo, like playing shortstop because Trevor's got that bump shoulder. Bum elbow. Bum elbow. I apologize. That's a, yeah. <laughs> you apologize biology. to his shoulder. All right. I, All but right. like, am I wrong on that? You would no, want the no, guy to no. I, I think, I think this, the, el- the elbow is a very real thing, a very real problem. But, you know, I want to focus on Christian Arroyo, and, and that's why we're going to have on Jared Goodwin, director of scouting for Perfect Game, because this is a guy, Coop, like this is a thing. People don't understand how highly touted Christian Arroyo is, and a lot of times, sometimes that t- takes a while to take root. But the guy that we've seen, like the guy that who has been on, when he's been on the field, like that's a, he's been a productive player. That's a major league player that you can put out there. But listen, don't take our word for it. Take our, the word of a guy who has seen this guy from from this uh, knee high to a grasshopper, my friend. All right, so we're going to get to that because this is science. We deal in science. We don't just throw stuff out. We get to the root of exactly what's what, and that is Jared Goodwin. The perfect game. He's coming up. But first, we're going to trend. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Here's what's trending at WEI Ooh, and WEEI.com. First good. trending. That sounded pretty First good. First trending. Put this in the books. Mark it on your calendar. The Red Sox beat the Orioles 4-3 to three last Who night. Who knew? Who knew? And guess what? The guy that we want to talk about, Christian Arroyo, carried the bats with three hits three and an hits. RBI. So 390 since he came back. Not, bi- not a big deal. Have you, I will say, good. though, have you seen Christian Vasquez's numbers? Not good. No, they're great. Oh, are they? Yeah. I'm oh. happy for him, but I wish he was here. Well, so is Reese McGuire. I mean, it's like, there you go. I don't think it's I think good. I think the the Christian Vasquez conversation, bizarrely, is more psychological than actually it hurts. performance. It no, hurts. no, psychological for like the players. The players, yeah. yeah. All right, go but ahead. But continuing on, Alex Verdugo had a pair of hits and an RBI, and Enrique Hernandez, also known as Kike Hernandez, smacked a home run in the sixth that drove in a pair of runs. Waka. Dot, dot, dot. They left that off. The Red Sox <laughs> wrap up the three-game series with the Orioles tonight with the first pitch set at 7.10 p.m. You can catch the pregame show with Rob Bradford, the That's guy me. sitting across from me, at 6 p.m. right here on the Shaw's and Star Market, WEEI, Red Sox Network. The Patriots news dropped yesterday, and rookie wide receiver Tyquan Thornton is set to miss anywhere from six to eight weeks with Kendrick Bourne trade rumors flying the Pats. Oh, that's just consider, rolling off the tongue right yeah, there. No, that was I, I. I needed to catch my breath at some point there, and I was like, I, I need this. I'm gasping. The Pats may consider keeping him now. The Revolution lost last night four nil. Oh, four nil. What a soccer man. Soccer man. That threw me off. To see no, you can just, you just end the soccer conversation. You don't right want there. the soccer conversation. No, I, just, no, I want to They move fall on. now to eight and ten. Yeah. You don't want to hear that. I mean, who knew? Uh, in the main event of UFC 278, with massive head kick in the fifth round, Leon Edwards shocked the world they with a TKO. Are you a, are you a UFC guy? No, no, I do like Dana White's breaking news about Brady, but we've talked yeah, that about, was wild. We've talked about it in the Usman did become the UFC. Welterweight, welterweight champion of the world. That's great. Yeah, I saw some guy rubbing his blood on another guy's face from last night. So that's where the UFC and that was just made. here in the hallways of EEI. It's crazy. That's I haven't seen that yet. I hope to All right, not. Ready? Come Punctuate that. this. Ready? Let's go. No, what? that's what's trending now. On that's W-E-E-I. what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now, we're right back to it. The Bradfoe Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. It's Rob Bradford along with Coop. Nice easy coming on this one. Yeah, there you go. Easing on in, easing on in, much like we are to the, the crunch time when it comes to the baseball season, my friend. Uh, not so much crunch time with the rain delay coming in, though. What are you talking about? Nice it's and one easy. game. It's nice and easy. It's one, it's a, it's Enjoy the day. Focus on, on the day. All right. Well, I am focused on the day, and today we're focused on a player who has been red hot, uh, Christian Arroyo. And Christian Arroyo, former first-round pick. People know him by now. I've been with, with the Red Sox a few different uh, for a few years now. And up and down, injuries, opportunity, injuries, opportunity. And where we've landed now is a reminder that he's a really, really good player. But don't take our word for it. We go right to the source, the guy, one of the guys who know him, knows him better than most, and that is Jared Goodwin. What's going on, Jared? How you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good. Jared is the Senior Director of Scouting Operations at Perfect Game. Am I getting that title correct, Jared? That's correct. Awesome. That's correct. Awesome. That's listen. That's that you knows what what's what. If you have that title, I can tell you that because everyone knows perfect game. Everyone knows how important that is to grow in the game. Um. So, Jared, this is and, and just uh, to let you know, yeah. he's joining us joining us on the oh, Harbor the One Hotline. Now, there you go. Thank you, thank you, my friend. Okay, Jared. So, talk to me if you can about. Uh, your evolution in terms of seeing Christian Arroyo? Because as I said, people around here, when Christian Arroyo gets hot, we're reminded that he's a first-round pick. We're reminded you know, that he has had glimmers of, uh, of, of excellence here. Um, and we've had the conversation for the last year, or actually for the last few months, about getting a chance, Trevor Story, sign, all of it. But you go back a ways with this guy. Tell us about like the evolution, what you saw in this guy out of the gate, and how you saw him progress. Yeah, I think uh, I think the first thing uh, that I want to say is exactly hit, hit on what you said. A, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, it with Christian with with how this is all coming about is exactly what you said: health and opportunity. Um, he had some really like freak injuries hit by pitch in the minors that, that set him back, you know, eight weeks, um, some different stuff, had some oblique stuff, obviously, you know, whatever. Um, but every time this guy's gotten regular at bats, he's hit, you know, it's just one of those things. And, and last year, obviously with, with how the Red Sox played, it just was what it was, uh, when they got hot and finally when he got healthy, but, um, he and I talked this entire off season and, and then obviously this season, um, about just biding your time, you know, something's going to happen. You're going to play, you know, we need to be, we need to be ready, you know, and it was taking the right, you know, reps and, and BP and the, and the right, 
you know, reps as far as drills um, and, and getting, you know, getting your body right to, to have this opportunity. But there's nothing that's going on that I didn't think was going to happen. This kid could hit when he was 14 years old. Um, he could hit when he was 18 years old, and he can hit now um, when he gets, you know, when his body is right and when he gets that opportunity. And he takes care of himself. It's not that. There's been some freak things, and, um, you know, it, it just kind of happens as, as you play every day. So I, nothing right now is, is surprising. This kid has hit since he was, he was young. He was, like, top ten in his class academically, uh, really smart kid, and, and he has an extreme belief in himself uh, and, and his teammates, which – Obviously, it's just kind of contagious in, in any clubhouse he's ever been. Jerry Goodwin joins us, uh, director of scouting for Perfect Games, known Christian Arroyo for a long, long time. And going back, like you said, this is a kid like that, that jumped out early on. If you can, give us sort of any stories, anecdotes, first impressions of, of him because – I don't think people around here, like, we look at it as, oh, you picked him off, up off the waiver wire uh, in 2020, right? And then, actually, they DFA'd him a couple days later, and now he's getting a chance here, chance there, but he's not even uh, – even they signed Trevor Story to take his spot, then they have to put him in right field. But going back, going back to first when you were introduced to him, you must have some instances of, like, wow, this kid is really good. I, I, think, uh, I think it goes back to – you know, even when he was in high school, like his, his self-awareness of, of the type of person that he is um, was, was evident from, like I said, when he was a freshman in high school. And um, he actually came over and played with, uh, with a travel team that I had started and uh, was on, you know, it's the same, same team that had uh, uh, Bo Bichette and, uh, and Nick Gordon and, uh, a, a handful of, of other, you know, big leaguers, Nick Vespi, who's with the, who's with the Orioles. He played with Ryan Mountcastle, um, you know, all, all of these different guys. And he just always believed that everybody was going to make it, you know, and, and we were, we were down in a, in a tournament when he was 16 years old. And um, the, the one field we were on ended up having eight big leaguers on the field. And he was the alpha, like it was, it was, it was immediately like anybody that was watching the game, and, and it was the final four of a you know a two hundred team tournament. Um, and, and I remember coaching third base, and he hits a double, and we had no pitching last. I mean, we and we weren't going to bring guys back and try to hurt arms and do all this, but he just looks at me at third base after he'd hit a double. Somebody moved him over to third, and just goes, "Hey, we're going to win this game. We can't win this tournament because we have no arms, coach. But we're going to win this. Like just just let us roll." And I'm like, "Hey, man, you do your thing." Like. Go ahead, man. Like take take control of it. I'm I'm here to watch at this point. And that was the type of confidence he just had had in himself with his game, uh, and and in his in his teammates. And he still does. I mean, it, when we talk, when we do when we do Facetimes to do some hitting stuff, you know, different things. It's always bringing up other guys in the clubhouse too. You know, so it, it's kind of been that day from you know been that way since day one uh, with him. And it's it's pretty. If this kid can, if this kid stays healthy, he's going to be a really, really good Red Sox for a long time. Love to hear that, Jared. This is uh, Coop, and I just I got to ask because you bring up this mentality of having having that alpha personality or be, having that dog in you, as people like to say right now. Mm-hmm. Is that tough? And, and you're 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 running some something like the premier youth clinics and youth uh, tournaments right now for baseball, and mm-hmm. you know you're involved with scouts. I would imagine a whole lot. Do they ever talk mm-hmm. to you about like? There might be too many of these guys on a team, or is is that difficult for you know? This is our little league episode, basically the little league uh, show. 
So is is it tougher a coach to be balancing that and teaching guys like, hey, like you can't have that mentality of I want to be the guy to make the next out, but you also have to keep in mind that that teammate perspective. I, here's the thing: is I, I think this would go to to baseball, football. I've got a couple guys that played for me that were starting quarterbacks in the NFL, you know. And I think it's any sport when you when you talk about it, the players know, you know, the players know when something's real or something's not, and the players start to gravitate to the guys that are real. I mean, we we see it and we talk about the dogs, you know, like he's the guy. I mean, he he'll he'll talk about you know Bogey and and talk about how that's that's the guy. Like he's he's he could be as good as he wants to be, you know, and, and the, recogni- the the guys that are real, the guys that are alphas, they recognize other people that have that same instincts and have that same mentality in them. And they're, they form a, a different type of respect, I think, for each other. Um, you know, it, it's not always easy as fans. Um, it's, it's not always easy, even though there, there, there are so many great coaches out there. It's not always easy for coaches to know what's going on. But the players do, you know, and they, they understand the people that are real and the people that aren't. And I think that's regardless of anything that's, that's happened in his career, I think a lot of his teammates understand that, you know, he's a real alpha, you know, and, and it's so much fun for me to sit back and I get to drink a beer on my couch and watch <laughs> him. Um, but the conversations after the game, a lot of them, like my, my text message to him last night after three hits was, uh-huh. You know, that's plain it. and simple. And he knew what he was supposed enough, to like, do. Uh huh. That's it. You know, and and he just texted me back. You know, hard to. I mean it. He he's like, this is fun. We got to get this thing rolling. You know, it wasn't like, oh, three hits. Yeah, I need to get my average. I need to get this. It was, we need to get this thing rolling. You know, it's almost team, being like that glue guy in the dugout. A hundred percent. And and this is him talking to me. It's easy enough. It's easy enough in a text message conversation to make it about yourself. You know. Yep. But that's it, it. Immediately goes to. You know, hey, we got to roll. Like it's time. Like, how, how else you know, am I going to pull everyone in to also get on that level? A hundred percent. You know, and, and the players realize that it's hard for us sometimes. It's hard for coaches sometimes. So many things going on. So many variables. But the players know. Jared Goodwin, the director of scouting operations, a perfect game, joins us um, to talk about what's what with Christian Arroyo. So when Christian. He obviously showed a lot of flashes the last couple of years. I mean, all 2020 showed flashes, 2021 showed flashes derailed by injuries, so forth and so on. But when we entered this year, we fully thought that he was going to be the starting second baseman. And, and I think we he was on our podcast, and that's how we were talking about him being the starting second baseman. Then March rolls around, and here comes a Trevor Story, and I was down there, and he handled it perfectly. I mean, whatever is best for the team, I'll play wherever. Yep. I mean, but then he gets stuck out right field, which is, I'll just say it, it was, it was unfair to him. And, and so when that happens... As you know, that you aren't saying anything out of confidence with him, but for for a guy who came up with him, a friend of his, you must have been like, "Come on, man, come on, just give the guy a chance." Well, and a lot of it, even with the outfield stuff, you know, we were, we were texting, you know, texting, and and like I said, when we when we get on some Facetimes to do some other things, um, we we would talk about all of it, and and the, the outfield, like he he knew he was not a good outfielder, you know. Um, and, and it was just crazy to me because it's, it's so easy outside to just bitch. You know, I just, I just want to, I just want to, you know, tell him how I feel and like, this shouldn't be happening. But he was actually asking Trevor story, you know, about his journey and what he's done and all this different stuff. So there's no rivalry. It's just, Hey, I'm in the, I, I'm in right field. 
Trevor's Trevor's going to come in and play second base. Like, let me pick his brain. You know, this guy this guy's been a multi-time All-Star. Um, he's a, he's a good individual. He's he's clearly had a had a really good young career. Um, so I, I guess it, it just goes to show again where where it goes when we talk about personalities that this wasn't a rivalry. It was still like how how can we win? And when he struggled early, it it really really wore on him um, to the fact of him telling me like I look up at the scoreboard and see my average, and I know I'm not helping the team. You know. And I'm like, dude, you're still you're you're seeing more pitches at bats than you've ever seen. Uh, you're you're still going in and, and moving runners and doing all this. And you know, some of these, I mean, he had multiple hundred mile an hour exit velos that were right at people. Just some bad luck. And then, of course, when you're playing once, twice a week, it it can you know compile in a negative way pretty quick. But it was still all about you know. How can I use the people in my clubhouse to get to get me better to help the team more? You know, and and that's the most of the time. And it, it, it sounds bad, but a lot of times in clubhouses, uh, you know, it's not that way. It's still a competition with the other guy that you know is playing your position, and it's just not for him. He know he knows if he's healthy and he gets the opportunity, he's going to hit. And if he has to do in a right field, you know, maybe. A, Hopefully, uh, hopefully they let him know before the off season so we can we can really work out there. <laughs> yeah, but, right. You know, do something. You know, but it is what it is. They got they got a really good player that you know when he's healthy he's great too. And if it if it's better for the Red Sox, then so be it. Let's let's roll. Well, they I'm listening. I mean, they're going to find a spot. He keeps doing this and, and keeps proving. So they're going to find a spot for him. There's no way around it. And Jared Goodwin, senior director of scouting operations, a perfect game. And Jared, I really appreciate all the insight you have to Christian Arroyo. I think we all came out of this conversation a lot more educated. And I don't want to say optimistic. We were already optimistic, but excited. About, I can tell you I'm appreciative. Yeah, that he's appreciative. On the Red Sox. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so but the last thing I want to ask is since you're uh, uh, obviously you see a ton of these guys, a ton of these players, and we just went through the draft, and I'm just noticing your Twitter account, and that would be, uh, by the way, at Jared, G-E-R-E-D, Goodwin, three, number three. Uh, Mikey Romero follows you. Are you familiar with this young man? Yeah, so he was in our All American game. I've seen him. Uh, I've seen him play for a long time. Um, you know, same with another one of your big prospects, uh, Tristan Casas. Guys that I was lucky enough to see at 13 years old. Um, was he just Mikey as big is, then? Uh, what's that? Was he just as big then? Tristan Casas, absolute monster. Yeah. He was an absolute monster. Reclassed up, like he was. He was actually old for the class when he first started. Reclassed up to kind of get in his age group. Uh, he was an absolute monster. His dad, he's in t- his dad he's a is tank. a huge human being. You know, I mean, they're just big. They're just big country strong guys. <laughs> and and I saw I saw Tristan at 14 years old, top spin a home run at a big league spring training park. Um, it, it was just un- unbelievable that you know big leaguers. Not a lot of big leaguers can can top spin home runs, and, <laughs> and he did at 14. But Mikey in particular um, grew up in a in a house where. He's, he's, he might not be the best athlete in his house, you know? I mean, just fascinating, just kind of fascinating stuff. But um, he is such a professional at 18 years old. Everything he does is so smooth. He's not strong yet by any means. Um, and it's a sweet left-handed swing. But it's, it's like the IQ, like the calming, the calming presence of like, I'm going to make all these plays. I'm going to grind out at bats. I'm going to spray the ball around. When I'm strong, I'm going to hit for power. Um, he's that classic kind of projection guy, but
but the feel for the game, the IQ for the game is, is unbelievable with Mikey. He is, he is a fantastic uh, kid. I mean, human being, like he's just, he's just great. And it's such a professional uh, mindset that he has that it's the only, the only way that he's not a really, really good big league regular is, is if the unfortunate happens with an injury or with, with something like that, because he's just so focused, so determined, so professional. And the tools are, the tools are there. Everything's just so smooth. I mean, he's everything, just kind of a graceful athlete um, with Mikey. So it's going to be really fun to watch his, uh, watch his career, and his sisters are going to be on his tail um, <laughs> to make sure that he, he makes it and, and he does big things because they obviously have too. So. All right, Jared Goodwin, excellent job. And like, listen, I mean, in this in this sad trombone of a Red Sox season, sometime I think you've gotten everyone fired up for, about the here and the now and the future and all of it. That Tristan Cass's talk got me. Yeah, going. yeah. Listen, let's go, let's go. <laughs> uh, but hey, I, I hope we hope to talk to you again because not only obviously you gave us great insight with Christian Arroyo, but with all these guys and uh, just listen, you're a friend of the family. You're a Bradford show. Anytime you want to call in, anytime you want to get the word out. Uh, about anything perfect game-wise, let us know. But we really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, I'll be up there in September. I'm coming to see him, so I hope to see you guys soon. In studio, baby. Okay. In studio. All Live right. taping. All right. My first right, time Jer- to Fenway is going to be a fun time. All so. right, Jerry. All right, thanks so much. Jerry Jer- Jer- Goodwin, Senior Director of Scouting Operations at Perfect Game. Man, that was good stuff. That was good stuff about Christian Arroyo, and then we capped it off with some good Mikey Romero. There's nothing like good. That was, we covered a lot of bases some there. Some good Mikey. Pun intended. And I got a feeling that we could go through a lot of guys that we're going to talk about at 4 o'clock with Chris Hadfield, uh, all these prospects. That was a good primer for what people should expect. It, yes, absolutely. And so people are, people are excited about some of these names, and we talk about Mikey Romero. Mikey Romero, obviously, in case you don't know, is the first-round draft pick of the Red Sox. This year, that's who he was talking about. But Christian Cassis, probably days away from being called up. Um, and then the Christian Arroyo stuff. We're going to break all this down. But first, we got to take a break. This is the Bradford Show. I'm Rob Bradford. That's Coop. That's Jackson behind the glass. Be back right after this. WEI. We are right back to the Bradford Show. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, what's the meaning behind this, Jackson? Well, he just noticed that you had shades on and you're inside. Uh, I mean, so and I, the I prescription. Said, oh. oh, I can't see without them. Well, that's cool. The Ron Rivera shades. transition lenses. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. No, I, I don't do the transition lenses. I like the frames of these sunglasses over my regular glasses. That's why I wear them so much. Does reading ever get tough, though? No. I mean, reading it in general gets tough for me. Yeah. I write. I don't Same read. Here. So there you go. Uh, this is the Bradford Show. I'm Rod Bradford along with Coop and Jackson. And listen, I mean, that was as we saw on the text line, as we see on Twitter. It was a great interview. It, don't take our word for us. Go to the public. They say it's a great interview. Obviously, um, Jeremy uh, was is awesome director of scouting operations for Perfect Game. Knows a lot about a lot of people, but in particular, he goes way back with Christian Arroyo and and Coop. I mean, I what was your? I always love doing this. I love doing it with Steve last year. I'll do it with you. Takeaway from that interview. What's your takeaway? My takeaway was I, I texted you beforehand what we wanted to talk about, and I said, "Is Christian Arroyo the glue guy?" He's a, you mentioned that, and I think he, he loves, is. Yeah, he loves hearing the glue guy. The, he's the glue guy. You got to perform to be the glue guy, yo. 
Can't he is be, performing though. Like, I know, that's the no, thing. I know, like, but but you talk about Brock so, Holt, like yeah, yeah, no, I I hear you, but so here's the it's an interesting conversation. The glue guys, right? Like Brock Holt told us on the Bradford show. By the way, everyone go subscribe, uh, listen, uh, all of that. Leave us a nice little Leave review. Leave a nice review at the Bradford show hair, podcast. Compliment Rob's glasses. We have we have numbers that suggested one of the fastest growing podcasts in the entire country, and so we talked about this with Brock Holt and Mitch Moreland about like the glue guy, about devaluing the glue guy. And one thing that I do want to bring up uh, after we finish your take on this is the Joe Madden. Do you see the Joe Madden conversation? Interview Just recently? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, so I so anyway, so I'll get to that in a second. Is it about the Mohawk? No. Oh, no. It, it's, it's, it's about basically crapping all over front offices oh, okay. in this day and age. But it goes to what we're talking about. Which is being the glue guy. You need more guys. And and Christian Arroyo is a guy. They identified. Good for them. They identified. They said, we're plucking you off the waiver wire. They did that. But people don't understand. Like, they DFA'd him, Coop, like three days later. Now, Very I, indecisive. Well, I understand. You need roster flexibility. It's like dipping your toe in, like, I don't know how And I feel you also about have it. to play. You also have to give him some credit for this. You have to play the angles when it comes to roster manipulation. You DFA the guy, maybe you think he's going to slide through. No one claimed Christian Rowe. So this wasn't only on the Red Sox for saying, hey, you know what? We're going to DFA you. You're the odd man out. Nobody claimed him. Anyone's going to claim this guy. That's got to be a terrible feeling. Oh, terrible feeling. Like just like 30 well, other teams just know, being I like mean, this is other examples like Garrett, uh, like, uh, Garrett Whitlock and so forth and so on. But Or you could be Jackie Bradley Jr. and someone just ends up scooping you up. Uh well, nobody scooped him up. He signed with somebody. They I just mean, released him. He, they, they just waited around, and then, like... They, they, well, they released him, and then he... That was kind of different. Uh, not <laughs> not really. Yeah. You just have to be the, the Toronto Blue Jays, probably, were thinking about him well, at the deadline. he been doing, by the way? I haven't even checked. He's been doing himself. He's, He's been, been doing, doing better than Duran, I can tell you that All much. right, there you go. So, so the glue guy, so they, they got Arroyo. He performs. He has talent. But... To me, you gotta be, you gotta have something. Unless you're designated, like Alex Cora, for instance, uh, Nick Punto, friend of the program, also a member of the Bradford Show Fantasy Football League. Those guys are expected to do something, right? They're expected to be like utility guys who can be glue guys in the clubhouse. Arroyo's somewhere in between, but whereas Arroyo is like, you kind of need him to be good. Like when that one takeaway from from Jeremy that I that I had was holy crap like him saying that he's not a good outfielder like this under, can we come to this realization that that was a bad idea that was a terrible idea to stick him out there to stick him out there and, and and when it comes to the the Heim Bloom the pluses and minuses when we look at the roster construction of this team holy mackerel you did you went into this year before you signed Trevor Story your answer with J.D. Martinez as the right-handed hitting compliment to Jackie Bradley Jr. And then when you sign Trevor Story, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put Christian Arroyo out there. And then we have the guy who knows him best saying, yeah, no, he's a terrible outfielder. Like, what are you talking Almost about? Almost sounds like my point that I made last week that, What's they, that they didn't really care about this season. That's not a terrible point. What do you mean? I, if, like, if they didn't care about winning the World Series this season, you, you'd say that's awful? They they used to, they did not care about winning. They didn't after coming. I off, think they went into this season nah. with the perspective of like, hey, if it's there, we're going to try and go for it. But if it's not there, we're not going to like. Well, I think they were trying to do the it. sustainability thing, and it's yeah. part of the sustainability thing is not trying to their their whole thing, especially coming is off, not trying to what no, win the World Series, aka not caring about the no, season. No, no, it's it's not that. 
is when you're coming off an ALCS with the core group coming back, right, and you make tweaks that you actually think are going to help, even though they were tweaks that didn't help. What, and you're talking about trading Hunter Renfro, like they and so they thought that they were going to get better. And this is looking back at it, it was not smart. They thought they were going to get better by putting Jackie Bradley out in the outfield, making it better defensively, hoping that you have an uptick offensively from Jackie from what he was the year before while getting a couple prospects in Alex Benellis and David Hamilton. And then you can fill in for the Kyle Schwarber offense by signing Trevor Story. All of that, you look back at it and say, well, no, none of this made any sense and none of this worked. But I don't think it was like they were like, oh, no, we're going to do this and we don't think it's going to be – we're going to try to win games. We're not going to try to make the playoffs. I never said that they're not going to try and win games. I just said that they don't care. <laughs> What's the difference? There's a big difference. You can, like, be, like, apathetic to a season and, like, still, like, be like, all right, you, if we, if we is, put what's, ourselves what's in what's position. The defi- what's the definition of trying? Trying? What's the opposite of trying? Exerting effort? What's the opposite of trying? Not exerting effort. No, saying not caring, right? No, not exerting. You said, I'm not saying they weren't trying. I'm just saying that they weren't ca- didn't care. I'm not. I'm saying that they're not caring about the ultimate goal of every team to win a World Series at the end of the year. Do you think that, do you think that they went into this year hoping that they win a, world, win a World Series? No, I think that it would have been a nice little cherry on top. Oh. As it is for everybody. But, like, seriously, I mean, like, come on. Do you, right. think, do you think Heim thinks like like us? Like, as far as, like, looking at we yes, want to win a I World think, Series I, every I year. think they went into this year. Because I think I, he looks at it like, no, I want to win no, a World no, Series I, in two years. No, I, no, no. I think that they went into this year thinking that, especially when you have this type of payroll and you have this foundation and this core group of guys, which you know you're going to lose, and as much as we say, hey, you know what, you're not doing a good job of taking advantage of these guys that you have, still he knows how talented this core group is. Yeah, absolutely. So, And, and even at the trade deadline, Coop, like I believe that he thought – this is a team that's going to have to potentially get into the playoffs because they did ask for the quote-unquote moon for the J.D. Martinez and Nathan Avaldi and these guys. So, like, I do think that, like, they thought they were going to make their playoffs. Now, I think they made the wrong moves. So, different difference there. Do you think that they thought that they could win the World Series or make the playoffs? I think once to make the playoffs, and, and I'm sorry to say this to you, but I don't know. Uh, I don't once, buy that one bit. Once they make the playoffs, they think they have a chance at winning the World Series. Because you know why? Not with the you expanded know playoffs now. No, you know why? Because of exactly what happened last year. Same thing. Once you get in the playoffs. That was a much better team. Well, they didn't think it. They didn't, listen, they didn't, did not think that this year's team was going to be worse than last year's team. No, and I agree with you on that. I think that they were just happy, like, you know, sustaining where they were. If we can make it back to the ALCS, I'm sure that they looked at, like, Heim looked at that. I shouldn't say they because I'm sure ownership probably not as happy with it. But I'm sure, like, Heim looks at it as, like, hey, if we can make it back to the ALCS, that's cool with me. We're ahead of schedule. I think he looks at it as, like, it's risk versus reward. If I can put this season out on the line, maybe do something with it, that's cool. But if I can... Two years from now, a year from now, but have my core set of guys come up. And what, then yeah, we're their goal, World their Series. goal, we're, we're some, somewhere in the middle here is reality. Is that their goal was to make the playoffs, right? That's why, that's their why goal is to make the playoffs every single year. It's a sustainability thing. The problem is, is that you have this core, you're, this whole idea of sustainability of being good every single year, which is their professed goal when they hired Heim Bloom. Well, you're zero for one this year, like. You're not right now. It doesn't look like you're going to make the playoffs. And if you don't make the playoffs, 
You don't have sustainability, and you can't say that you have this farm system and these young players and you're going to be good because that's not how this works. But if you brought in Heim to be good every season, you don't do the Mookie Betts thing. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Yeah, you do because you have to. You know, you have to trade Mookie Betts. If you trade Mookie Betts with this core group of guys, with these guys still making all the money—the Chris Sales, the Nathan Avaldis, the JD Martinez's, the Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers—with all those guys, you can still trade Mookie Betts and make the playoffs and win a World Series. Not the way they did it. No, of course. Which, like, we they we talked about this all last up. week. They messed up. Yeah. All right. So this is before we go to break. I want to give you Tampa Bay Times. Uh, they interviewed Joe Madden. This is a pretty damning quote. For Joe Madden, obviously, whether with the Angels, got fired with the Angels, been around forever. Joe Madden shooting himself in the foot? Which, no, no. Joe Madden, so oh, you don't okay. want to listen to this. And he, obviously, he worked in the Tampa Bay Rays. He worked with Bloom. He worked with uh, Billy Epler at the, with the Angels and most recently Dutton, other GM. So this is what he says to the Tampa Bay Times. It's at the point where some GM should really just put a uniform on and go down to the dugout or their main analytical membrane, he should go down to the dugout, by the way. Great main analytical membrane. You are our main analytical membrane, Coop. Me? Uh, yes. I'm not. That's, uh, that's right. And then he continues. That's something that should be done because they try to work this middleman kind of thing, and that's what happened. And what happens is when the performance isn't what they think it should be, it's never about the acquisitional process. It's always about the inability of coaches and managers to get the best out of a player, and that's where this tremendous disconnect is formed. I mean, that to me, whew, shots fired. Boop boop. He's he's a very linguistic. Should should actually soak that in. Speaking of soaking it in, we've talked that we dabbled in the art of the minor league prospects of what's coming up with the Red Sox. We obviously had on Jared Goodwin, director of scouting for Perfect Game. He gave us some glowing stuff about Mikey Romero, about Tristan Castes. We're going to talk about those guys and basically anybody else you want to talk to when it, about when it comes to the Red Sox minor leaguers. The guy, Chris Hatfield of SoxProspects.com, the place to go when it comes to all things Red Sox minor leagues, all things prospects. We're going to talk to him coming up, and I do want to throw this out there. Anybody who has a question about the Red Sox minor league system, about Red Sox prospects, any of it, any of it at all, I want you to call in and ask Chris a question. So there you go. You're welcome for that. You're welcome for that, Coop. All right? Thank you. This is a Bradford was that, show. Was that for me or the listeners? I'm Rob Bradford. This is Coop. This jacks me on the glass. We'll be back right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.